These are fun, off-the-cuff discussions on movies and streaming series, both new and old. Together, we'll attempt to bridge the gap between Hollywood Industry Insider and the casual viewer. This is Alec. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to the Cinema A to B Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a oldie but a goodie, one of my favorite movies, The Hunt for Red October from 1990. We're going to dive right in. Ben, your thoughts. Okay, just watched it last night again. Can't mm-hmm. tell you uh, what number viewing this would be. It's, <laughs> and this is another one that uh, catch on TV and just catch bits and pieces. But as far as like what total viewings, I'm probably still in the single digits, but it's mm-hmm. it's probably high single digits. Fabulous, still fabulous, yeah. still still an exquisite movie from from ninety and. I just noticed when I was starting to watch it. <laughs> yep. That is- so it's so few times that I've seen this thing start to finish where I've actually caught the opening credits. Mm-hmm. And I completely, surprised. I yep. completely forgot that John McTiernan directed this movie. That is like so completely true. forgot. <laughs> just was like, Oh, well, wait, what <laughs> predator die hard, die hard with a vengeance last action yeah. hero. Yeah. Die hard with vengeance. Like this guy was the king of, I mean, mm-hmm. Die Hard's my favorite action movie ever. And but admittedly, Hunt for October is not really an action film. But his fingerprints are all over this thing. Like the way he's oh, yeah. able to heighten the tension. Mm-hmm. Some of the dialogue choices. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like I know from just to branch off on that real quick, but I had a really good laugh because kind of with you, I was, you know, I've seen this a lot, but was not surprised, but couldn't remember that John McTiernan had done this. And so when uh, Alec Baldwin walks into James Earl Jones's uh, office, when he first flies over whatever, and James Earl Jones goes, Jack, he goes, goes, you look like hell. And all I could think of was from Predator where Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, Dylan, you son of a bitch. You know? And I was just like, it's like the same kind of cadence and feeling in this. Like, like this is how John must do intros. Like as a real life person, he's just like, he goes, Ben, you son of a bitch! You look like hell, you know, or something along those lines. Because it just it felt way too close. Yeah, it's uh, the machismo is is on oh, yeah. full display. Yeah. Um, although it's obviously it's a little more subdued than than die, the Die Hard movies or Predator. Obviously, yeah. Predator is Predator is like the most testosterone filled movie ever made. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna have to do an episode on Predator because. I love Predator, but I love Predator. But yeah, he um I think in the hands of another director, the tension would have kind of never reached the heights that it does. So it's like you almost mm. needed an action director. But he never he never does that quick cutty stuff with the edit. Like it's never like over edited. And I thought all of the really tense moments still felt really tense. Mm. And you get that really cool like male orchestral to like to drive the, the whole yeah. yeah the russian yeah and in that way excuse me soviets. soviets soviets yeah no that's true it is they are they are soviet and scottish scottish soviet <laughs> and british and yeah <laughs> but two two things one obviously the whole like male choir stuff worked really well in this movie because crimson tide does the same thing and it mm-hmm. works to tremendous effect And then the other thing was that I love how they do that transition from the Russian to the English. 
Yes. Where the yes. political officer is, mm-hmm. is, is reading, um, is he, he's reading revelation and it, in yeah. it, or of, or some sort of muddled version of revelation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the camera zooms in on his mouth and then he says the word Armageddon and then, and then he's, and then we're in the English. Fun, fun fact. Armageddon is the same in Russian and it, I mean, it's pronounced slightly differently in, I guess in sure. Russian than in English, but it's the same word. There's not like a different word. So that was a nice choice to transition. Yeah. And so it works, right? Because, and what's funny is you'll, you'll watch this movie from the very beginning and God bless Sean Connery. He just didn't, <laughs> he didn't care. The man, the man never like tried to do an accent other than his normal broke. Like he just doesn't care. And yep. he's such a good actor that it doesn't matter. And and like his his Russian is terrible, I mean just <laughs> dreadful. Um, Sam Neill actually puts forth an effort to like give you some semblance of a Russian accent, but Connery just doesn't care, and it doesn't matter. Nope. And then once you're in the once you're in the English, yeah, his his uh, what Scottish lilt is uh. Yeah, it's is completely on full display. Yeah, it's just and everywhere. Sam Neill actually s- tries to still give like a mm-hmm. Russian accent to what he's doing, but it's all over the place. I noticed like half the officers try to do a Russian accent, and then there's this one guy. <laughs> there's one guy's just American. Like, are you, wait, are you talking about uh, and and the admiral guy who like is actually in the home base at HQ or whatever, and like his uh, valet or whatever, or is like busman? Well, yeah. The, okay. So the val, yeah, the val, yeah, his assistant, his totally assistant. American accent, just didn't care. Do, and then, do, doesn't and even try. One of Ramius's officers, like when they're all having dinner, mm-hmm. you're like first introduced to him, and I don't remember who it is. He's he doesn't have that many. He has some lines of, and it's just an American actor, and he just didn't even. Didn't even try to. <laughs> didn't even I think he saw Connery on set and was just like, "Oh, it works for him. I'm not even going to try to give a <laughs> Russian accent." I mentioned this because that's really, that's honestly the only shortcoming of this movie. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. It's amazing from start to finish in every other regard. I completely agree. So I got introduced to this movie early on in my life because my dad loves this movie. Absolutely loves. It. I think it, it's by far his favorite sub film. It's my favorite subfilm it's definitely up there in my favorite films of all time i think this movie is great yeah so laura has interestingly enough seen pieces of this movie mm. constantly and she may have seen it all the way through but didn't pay attention so when we watched it two nights ago it was really her first time to sit and watch it and at the end of it wow. i'm like this holds up this is fantastic and she's just like eh, it didn't hold up it wasn't great now she focused a lot on the accents a lot you know as someone who studied russian and was big into it she was not happy at all that these people were talking the way they were uh so and specifically she was you know the valet she was talking about sean connery she didn't really like it now i give her some credit but she's completely and utterly wrong in this regard this is a fantastic movie i mean it's you know a spy not it's not not really a thriller but a spy movie that turns into somewhat action but also has some you know geopolitical tensions happening like you talked about earlier like john mctiernan does a great job of kind of editing that all together and not letting it go 
down the rabbit hole too far in any direction, you know, um, and allowing these pieces to just unfold and move things along. Um, and I want to tell you, the dialogue is still she <laughs> Laura was joking that she didn't really like the dialogue. I'm like, there are so many quotable lines that I still say in my regular like kind of like you were talking about Shawshank and stuff like I have a buddy that I used to work with. He and I would always you know look at each other. He goes, he goes, what are these doors? And be like the other one will respond with the doors are the problem, you know, or just anything or like just one <laughs> yeah. ping Vasily, one ping only. Like, one like I use only. these, I like yeah. use these all the time and it's, well, not maybe all the time, but pretty regularly. And it's, it's just great. It's just so enjoyable. I was like, uh, even the shot selection, but really like for me, one of the people who steals the show is Courtney B. Vance, who plays uh, Jonesy, the guy um, uh, aboard the Dallas who does all the uh, sonar and stuff like that, where he's listening to everything. Right. Yeah. Like he steals the show for me. Like, yeah, he does. Like every time he's in, he's in a scene, I'm just, he just eats up that scene. Just does a great job of playing this, you know, eccentric sonar. You have labored to produce a biologic, (laughs) a what? A A whale. whale. An animal that knows a hell of a lot more about sonar than you do. Yeah. No, the dialogue's great. (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing why I think maybe Laura didn't resonate. This not only is this a guys movie, it's it's full of all guys. Like there's yeah. there's literally one woman on screen, pretty much, which is which is Ryan's wife briefly at the beginning. Yeah, that's it. And that's I mean, it. And his daughter. And but really. yeah, his daughter, which is which is a cute thing at the at the beginning of the film. But the rest of it's just dudes. Like and that's what it was, right? There's yeah. this era. There's there's no women on a on attack or nuclear ballistic missile submarine. That's just not. No. So I came away from it talking about performances. Obviously, Alec Baldwin is great and and really underrated. And I guess in the brief research I looked at, and I didn't know this, I guess they did approach Harrison Ford for this role first, and he turned it down because he he didn't like how much attention was spent on Ramius with Connery, and so he he turned it it down. Connery, yeah, yeah. And so Baldwin takes it and does really well with it. And this is my this is my favorite Jack Ryan movie. I think this is his mm. best, the the best they've gotten it to. Patriot Games is is pretty close, but this is this is the best thing. And then I guess Baldwin, you know, Baldwin didn't get kicked out of the role. He uh, he turned down Patriot Games. He wasn't available, and they didn't they didn't wait for him. He he had a Broadway thing going, and he and he told him yeah he told him don't wait around for me, and they didn't. Oh. Yeah, so they didn't. Re- so then, so they cast Harrison Ford, and it's been a mess ever since then. I, I, Patriot Games is really good, but Clear and Present Danger, mm, mm. and then they've just struggled to figure out how to that make character. more Jack Ryan movies. That yeah, but so this is like this is the good one. This, this is a this really is, good one. I, I completely agree. Well, and so I I heard different, you know, read a different thing in my little sh- short research about why he got rid of why they got they switched to Harrison Ford and Clear and Present Danger was that after the success of Hunt for Red October, he asked for more money. Well, that's possible. Po- and then they were like, well, for that money, we can just get Harrison Ford. And so <laughs> they originally wanted so it. And that's what they be, did. Both could yeah. be true, I guess. But so either way, it's that's how the industry rolls, people. So, oh, you yeah. know, craziness. Yeah, but you I, wonder you wonder if we wouldn't have gotten a better franchise if if uh, if Baldwin could have stayed in the in the role and aged with the character because they had to leap from 35 year old Jack Ryan in Hunt for October to 50 year old Jack Ryan in yeah. Patriot Games. Even though Patriot Games is supposed to be an earlier novel, it's like a prequel mm-hmm. to this. But um, 
No, the uh, the other performance I want to single out in this movie and watching it again that I was I came away from it going, holy smokes, he was so good was Scott Glenn as the yes. as the the Dallas, Dallas captain. Yeah, he's oh. great. He's great. And like he's there's so much subtlety with his role, but he more mm. like he holds his own up next to Sean Connery. And you can't always say that with people No, like Connery has a tendency to overpower lesser actors. And Scott Glenn was feels like his match, you know, he and does, I love this. Yeah. But in a reserved way, like he definitely plays his cat. Like the, the, the two cabins are vastly different. Like the way Sean Connery plays Ramius, mm-hmm. you know, and Glenn plays, uh, Mancuso. Mancuso. Yeah. Yeah. Mancuso is just like, you have this kind of much more bombastic Sean Connery flavor to Ramius where, uh, Glenn has a very much more reserved, but kind of, but powerful reserve. Like he radiates that I'm in charge. I don't need to tell people. I don't need to show people I'm the one in charge. I'm making the decision. The weight of command weighs heavy on my shoulders kind of a thing. I mean, you get some of that from Sean Connery, but Sean Connery, you know, as we talked about, I mean, he was himself basically, you know, and that kind of yeah, a lot, lot more works. bombastic. Oh, it does. You know? Yeah. That's the, why you cast Sean Connery. Yeah. Was, yeah. You don't try to make him something he's not. I know this book. Your conclusions were all wrong. Halsey <laughs> acted stupidly. <laughs> no, but I, I love this. I love, I have so many favorite scenes, but I love the scene with Scott Glenn when he's on the, uh, he's doing Morse code through the periscope. <laughs> yes, he's like, yes. that's okay. It's okay, Mr. Ryan. My Morse might be so rusty. I might be sending him dimensions on Playmate in a month. month. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this, uh, this, the movie is, the movie is serious. The content is serious, but it isn't afraid to have some moments of levity kind of peppered yeah. throughout. And that's totally McTiernan. That's yeah. a Mint- that's a John McTiernan signature. Another director wouldn't have had that. This thing would have been almost too self-important. Yeah. So yeah, it has those moments that, where you crack up. And then, yeah, like I was doing uh, before we rolled with Baldwin, you know, Connery tells him, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be careful what you shoot out some of these things on the... On this react sub, don't bull- react well to bullets. The <laughs> later he's called, well. he does a great impression of Connery. He does. I, I don't react well to bullets either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's oh. a fun. It's a fun flick. It it's is a fun flick. The only the only thing watching it that I like looked really dated, and I still hate is that whole. I love the dialogue and the moments really great, but it's it's really hurt by a terrible end. blue screen. Yeah, yeah. The blue screen's terrible when they're supposed to be on the top of the sub. Um, on that river, yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't work. And I'm like, how? Obviously, the studios are not going to spend the time and money on a restoration to to fix that. But I wish they would. Yeah, I wish they'd just go in and and do better compositing work so that that scene holds up because it it doesn't work. Like I love the dialogue that he's quote quoting Columbus, and it, it ends really well. It does. It's I mean from. Uh, even though it starts out really well, like everything that you, you know, everything that's about to happen never happened or ha- didn't happen or did happen. I forget exactly what the the thing was where they're talking about. They lost a sub, you know. Um, oh, yeah. They, they yeah. say, which you'll it's notice of- this. Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. Okay. So that so the event is inspired by a real mm-hmm. naval event, but it's very different. And but they try to. Without putting based on a true story at the beginning of the movie, they do try to get you to buy in. Oh, this this really happened in '84. A U.S. <laughs> uh, Soviet typhoon class, you know, disappeared, or 
No, no. So we have two recurring actors in this that we've recently reviewed that also gave great performances, but really small, small, uh, oh, small parts in this. Stellan, Stellan, obviously is Tupolev. Like, just mm-hmm. as always, he fantastic actor, just kills it, you know, in in this. Um, and then Jeffrey Jones, the Skip Tyler, the uh, guy who lost his leg that you know was working on subs. Yeah, and we again, we can't give Jeffrey Jones too much love because he's just like. A terrible, yeah, it's, he, he is. <laughs> a terrible human being. But yeah, his he gets one of the best monologues in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. When he's when he reveals what these doors could do and what the which is totally drive. fictitious, by the way. There is yeah. no there is no uh, magneto drive. It sounds cool, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, his, NSA, CIA. There is no there is no caterpillar drive. That's what we're saying. I'm yeah, but but you know you're right that his his. He doesn't get that much screen time, but he's so good. Yeah. And he does this whole monologue about building a bomb shelter with his dad because mm-hmm. of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, he's he kills it. He kills it. Yeah. I, what I loved in the lead up to that scene made me realize it's like when you're watching Baldwin come into that dry dock, that's real. Mm-hmm. Like there's no yeah. blue screen there. Like it's that's the they really shot in that dry dock. I don't know if the sub is real. That could have been a mock up. By the way. I'm watching the opening going, they must have built some crazy floating mock-up of the Typhoon, right? Because, and it's massive. Like, I don't even know if it's completely to scale. It could be a little bit smaller. It wouldn't have mattered. But I'm watching it going, great. oh, that's that's nuts. Like, they would have just CGI'd that thing now. They actually built it. Yeah. Um, and then all the model work is so fantastic. Like, all the underwater stuff is so good. Which they didn't do underwater. It's all with wires. Is it? None of that. Yeah, none of that. Well, at least that's what I read was none of that was underwater. They actually just did it, simulated it with wires and were and removed the wires and in post. Did they, but did they layer something on in front of it to create the, the water effect? Like, I did think they shoot so. a plate? Maybe. I'd have to look uh, it up. Yeah. So you're telling you're telling me there was no tank that they were There's no tank. There's all it's all models on wires in the air. So they and, must have layered in a water effect over everything then, because there's some Really cool stuff. You can see kind of material floating mm-hmm. the way kind of open ocean looks like, you know, algae and plankton and stuff. I don't know. It's in the image. They fixed it in post. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. They must have been. Yeah. It's it, the special effects. Other than that in shot, the special effects are still yeah. hold up really, really well. Uh, again, because it's that phys- the physicality of models, the physicality of actually doctoring something up to use as opposed to just computer graphics, you know, which yeah. just never hold up because – yeah. models you know they look the same from year to year for the most part you know it's just how we film them gets better whereas right. it's gr- computer graphics obviously it does get better year to year how we do flesh how we do eyes how we do you know trees like like the processing power to do all this stuff gets better so we can do more so. i'm telling you this early 90s period for visual effects is is probably still the best or one of the best eras that Hollywood's ever had because, because, you know, Terminator two, mm-hmm. there's, there is CGI, but very little. And a lot of it's practical. And then this, obviously this is the case too. I don't, there might be a little bit of CG rendering going on in this, but at 1990, it, it might be Probably a little not. early. Yeah. Visually it's, it's awesome. Now they did build the inside of the typhoon. That is a set and it's really a cool set. It, it tilts, um, reminds me of, uh, the same technology that Christopher Nolan used in Inception for the that rotating hallway. Were, yeah. Yeah, it did a similar thing. It was on a giant gimbal, basically, and it tilted. 
So they built that one. But then I did read that the the interior of the Dallas, I believe, is a real naval simulator. Hmm. And that most oh, that of sense. the and and then the crew, most of the crew are real sailors. Well, I know the Navy was had a pretty decent yeah. hand in helping this, you know, much like with like Top Gun. Yes. Yeah. And another, I think that the what the Akula class that the that, Tupolev yeah. captains. So I read that's another that's either another simulator or the interior of a real Navy attack sub, and they but they slapped they slapped like Russian tags Stuff all over everything, everything. Yeah. yeah, and kind of changed the lighting. So yeah, you get some authenticity in this that um, shows through that's yeah. aged well. It's a cool movie. It's just 1990. I mean, it's so old now. Like I just don't. Who's gonna I don't go back? It. Yeah, but I have yet it, to see another movie that is with subs that is this interesting. I mean, Crimson Tide is great, but that's also getting uh, getting old, you know, old. Das Boot is great. I mean, like, there's a lot of good sub-movies out there, but this one, there's just, it's more than just a sub-movie, you know, and adds that extra layer. Yeah, that yeah, I mean, yeah, Das Boot was kind of the first one, and it's just so long. Mm-hmm. Like, the runtime on Das Boot's kind of daunting. And then there was this in 90, and then what, only five years later, you get Crimson Tide. And then Harrison Ford. And then the only other one after that was that, um, that what you you five seven one, and it's a lesser movie. It's a lesser movie with yeah. with with McConaughey and Bill no, Paxton. Don't you also have uh, Harrison Ford did his sub movie with K nineteen Widowmaker? It's not a good movie. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I'm not saying it was, but you, you also have that trash. <laughs> See, and and Harrison Harrison should have learned from Connery. I mean, they worked together. Yeah. On Last Crusade, he should have learned from him. Just don't mess with it. the accent. Yeah. Just don't mess with the accent. Just be Harrison Ford. It'll be fine. Yeah. That's what they and hired you for. No. Yeah. Is Liam Neeson in that too? Oh, I, is he I, his XO? I think so. I don't Probably. know. It's been. I I watched it once, and I think like I immediately forgot about it because it was so terrible. It was just terrible. It was not this movie. This movie, much like Shawshank, like if it's on. I'm watching, you know, until at least the next commercial or something, wherever, wherever it starts, just because it, it, you know, much like Shawshank, it's that fun. I can always hop in, really enjoy this film, really like it a lot. Yeah, I, I actually think Red October is kind of under, got an underrating on IMDb. It's only a 7.5. I would put it closer to an eight Mm -hmm. or seven, nine or something. I mean, if you have Tim Curry in a serious role and he pulls it off, I mean, that should at least give you an eight, you know? You'll get the order of Lenin for this, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> and then the best anecdote I have about this movie is right around that same scene. Is when uh when for our listeners, so for our listeners, there was a there was a third roommate in Los mm-hmm. Angeles with Alec and I. And his dad is a very prominent close-up shot as an extra in Hunt Fraud October. He does. It's when uh it's basically when they, I think they think that the Red October's finally been sunk and they're all oh. on their life rafts and yeah. there's a panning, quick panning shot and his dad gets a close up. And I didn't believe him when he first told us. And then I popped it on and went straight to it. I was like, holy smokes. But the funnier, <laughs> the funnier story is, and his, his father's a Ukrainian and the funnier story, and most of them weren't weren't Russian. They were, most of them were from Ukraine. Yeah. And the joke was that they, they purposely messed up 
shots so that they could get extra days of work. <laughs> they took. <laughs> they took like a, I don't know. It was supposed to be a couple days worth of work, and they turned it into like a week and a half. I don't know, or if it, or if it was a week of shooting, they turned it into like two. Like they basically got together, and there weren't there weren't a bunch of like Russian speakers, native no. Russian speakers on the crew, and so they all agreed and just talked amongst themselves. Like we're just going to screw shots up as much as we can so that they have to just keep shooting. <laughs> <laughs> that is not surprising. At all. No, it's, but it's, it's, it's so much fun, but yeah, I didn't believe him. And then I turned it on I'm like, Holy yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And his name's Alec as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, final thoughts you have on hunt for October until we, cause I'm I mean, make sure we can keep going. It's, it's kind of weird to have a category called like sub movies. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, but that's, that's what this is. And it's, it's the best of the bunch. Oh, by I far. guess Crimson Tide would be, would be the number two spot on that. Yeah. But Crimson Tide's a totally different movie. Mm -hmm. You know, that just, it just is, it's less, uh, it's kind of less expansive. This is this red October feels like a, like a, an epic. Like it just goes all over the place. He starts in London, goes to the U.S., has that funny briefing with the National Security Council, mm. which is a great scene. <laughs> when do you leave? Next yeah. time, write a memo. Yeah. I said, speak your mind, Jack. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. James Earl Jones gets great lines in this. He does. Everybody and does. He's the, and he's the only carryover to the other movies mm. as Greer. Yeah. And he's great. If somebody hasn't seen this movie, watch it. We've we've somehow managed to talk about this movie and not spoil one bit of it. At least try not to, yeah. Like so. really, not any major plot. I no. mean a little bit, but I don't know it's, what kind of genre like people enjoy yeah. that I would recommend this, but it's a little bit of everything. You're right. It's spot it's spy thriller, it's got it's got good action. Mm -hmm. Drama, you know. Yeah, yeah. it kind of has it all. And and enough like comedy to kind of keep you keep you going and somewhat lighthearted mm -hmm. throughout it so yeah and i just feel like people are obligated to probably see pretty much the as close to the entire catalog of the late sean connery as you probably can yeah he didn't make right. that many bad movies not really no there, and he's he's he was at the top of his game in this too he's so there's a subtlety to his performance in this he was he's kind of a natural i just mm -hmm. this isn't yeah this guy was not like classically trained and just just had it. He didn't have to try hard. Just the definition of a movie star. Yep. Uh, I, I'll agree. My final thoughts are just see it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's enjoyable. It's kind of a slice of pre, you know, or still, you know, late Cold War, you know, geopolitical stuff. A lot of fun. Um, I do. So. I do want to have one, one last aside. It's hysterical. Okay. The political officer. <laughs> his name is Putin. Yep, it is. <laughs> which is hysteric which is hysterical. Yeah. And and if you haven't ever watched it, watch it. And if you if it held up and you liked it, let us know. If if you were like, you all lied to me, this was terrible trash, let us know that too. I mean you're not going to, but you know, let us know. Yep. So great great film from nineteen ninety. Right. Well, I appreciate everybody watching and listening to another installment of cinema a to b and then uh, we are on social media at cinema a to b um tiktok unfortunately <laughs> no follow us on instagram and facebook 
I mean, follows there. Follows on TikTok if that's where you enjoy yeah, if getting that's your, your thing, content. If that's your thing, and you know, follows there until uh, until the U.S. government bans it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, let us know. Uh, let us know what you what you think of uh, of these movies. And this was a fan request. It was. We should mention that this was, and uh, we were more than happy to talk about it. I love love Red October. All right. Hopefully we did it justice. Well, thanks, everybody.